0: This week's fully podcast, View from the Vic, with me, Richard Munier, and I'm joined as ever by Dom Scare, our Hartlepool United reporter, ahead of a huge weekend. I feel like we've been saying that for a few weeks for Hartlepool United as they head into the National League semi-finals of the playoffs uh, away to Stockport County at 12 o'clock on Sunday afternoon, uh, obviously following the impressive victory over Bromley in the the first eliminator last weekend at the Vic, in front of 1,700 fans or so, and that uh, stunning resource display. And We'll get into all of that in just a little while, but yeah, we'll discuss the, the Bromley win, uh, latest injury team news, we'll touch on Luke Molyneux not featuring recently, um, goalkeeper situation, and of course we'll look at to Stockport at the weekend and uh, any potential early ideas from, from Dom or other pre-season plans that Pools might be working on, because it's going to be a fairly quick turnaround, whichever way this weekend goes, hopefully the season be extended another week or so, with uh, the final ten place at Bristol City a week on Sunday, and um, but, uh, but, yeah, first and foremost, they've got to get past uh, Stockport County, which, as we know, will be no mean feat, especially if Richie Bennett is in the squad for Stockport. Um, so, yeah, welcome, welcome, Dom. How's your week been? And uh, what were your reflections on the on the Bromley win and that, that stunning first half display from Pools and, in particular,
1: uh, Reese Messiotes? <laughs> yeah, it's been an enjoyable week. You've felt the sort of positivity following the... Playoff win over Bromley. I think the 3-2 scoreline really, I said after the game, flattered Bromley because Pools were just devastatingly good for the first half of the game. Resorts, unplayable for the opening 45 minutes. Scoring twice, setting up Luke Armstrong for the other one. 3-0 up, could have been 4-5. And then typically in Pools' fashion uh, concede almost straight away in the second half, James Alabi pulls a goal back. Makes it 3-1 and you sort of think, right, bit of nerves setting in. But Pools, to be honest, pretty much controlled the second half as well, having conceded the early early goal. Um, and then the late stoppage time goal to make it 3-2. Add some gloss to the scoreline for Bromley, really. But all in all, it was a very comfortable afternoon for Hardikool. A great day at Victoria Park. And across the field and some really top performances from Pools and plenty of celebrations afterwards, as you'd expect. Pools is only the second playoff win ever in 12 attempts. So a day, a good day to be connected to Hartlepool, but obviously still two potentially, hopefully uh, bigger weekends to come. Most importantly, uh, coming up Stockport this Sunday.
0: Yeah, it was always um... I suppose there was a feeling of confidence heading into the Bromley game, given that Pools are at home and and all those things, but you you never know how these things are going to go. But yeah, that first half was, um, it was stunning, wasn't it? It was one of the best 45 minutes I've seen from a a Pools team for, for many a year at the BIC. And that Nicky Featherstone pass for Resoats, the first one, the kind of strength and composure he showed, another good finish and just his kind of tireless work ethic uh, rewarded again. And he's, you know, we've touched a lot on Resoats recently, but, um, First of all, how good was he on on um, on Sunday and where do you think that performance ranked in terms of individual displays? But also just a word on Nicky Featherson as well and how he helped dictate Pulls', his, um, pulls his play from the middle.
1: Yeah, I don't want to go over the top or sound too hyperbolic or anything, but that 45-minute th- display from resorts. I've been covering the National League for five, six years. Probably the best first half display I've seen from a player. and um, just had everything. He was just at it. Everything worked for him. That desire to get the first goal and then setting up the second and then the third one as well, uh, scoring that. It was just all action. It was just unstoppable. It's the perfect performance you wanted to get the crowd lifted, to get off to a great start for Pools, and that's what it proved to be. And I just thought Resorts was absolutely unplayable for the opening 45 minutes, but certainly the first half hour as well, because he's one of those players that the work rate he puts in, the effort he puts in, he can burn out, and we saw that in the second half, but the first half was so good, it was almost job done by half time, and like you say, Nicky Featherstone is just such a crucial player at the pools, I think it's it's fair fair to say, um, ever since Dave Chalmers come in, he's been that sort of talisman in, in the midfield, he's started pretty much every game bar that small spell when he was out injured and even the second goal that pass to release Resorts to set up Luke Armstrong was almost as good but particularly the first first pass everyone who saw saw the game I mean just to sort of find a bit of space on the halfway line 50-yard pass onto the foot of Resorts to sort of put in on the half volley it's just a chance out of nothing and, and a great ball and a great finish from Resorts and I think Nicky Featherston goes without saying, such an important player at the Pools and um, long may it continue, hopefully, um, with him being potentially out of contract at the end of the season and, and the same for resorts, potentially options to extend that, but those, for me, two players I'd be looking to tie down as soon as possible.
0: One um, sort of big injury concern um, from the weekend it was obviously uh, Lewis Class missing out, um, hamstring injury, I think, wasn't it? Um, Dave Challen was probably being a bit optimistic post-match. I mean, do you think there's any realistic chance that he's going to feature even if they reach the final week on Sunday? Or or do you think that's probably his season done now? Um, And also, uh, just a word on Odesina and and how he fared when he came in. He was quite impressive, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think I'll start with Odesina because last time he played was that maidenhead game. And I, I remember hammering him after that game because he, he made two or three glaring mistakes that led to goals and he has that in his locker, but he's also got in his locker the type of performances we saw on Sunday, where he's just, his physicality, his determination, he, he is um, like wholehearted in his, his performances. And sometimes you can go in a bit too hard and then it can leave pools exposed, but everything came off for him on, on Sunday against Bromley and very good performance from him stepping up because Lewis Cass had been, for me, one of Pools' most consistent players, but particularly the second half of the season, he's, he's improved quite a lot since switching into that sort of right-sided centre-back role and particularly since Gary Little's come back in the team and being able to Sort of manage him slightly and then um, dictate things at the back. Lewis Cass has came on leaps and bounds and become a really important player in that pool's defence. So when the news first dropped that he had a hamstring injury, would miss the game, potentially miss uh, the Stockport game as well. I said it was a big blow, but Odiseeina came in and and sort of nullified any any doubts we, we might have had. And in terms of his injury, be very surprised to see him on on Sunday at Stockport. I think that's very unlikely, pretty much ruled out of that game. And touch and go for the final should Pools get there. But at that point, if you're Dave Chalna, you've played Timmy Odesina twice and he he's got you, helped you get to the final, do you repay that faith? I personally would. Or do you throw a player who's been out injured for the last two weeks in? So for me, Lewis Cass's season, in terms of starting for Pools at least, is probably over. And uh, another another interesting line sort of in terms of who wasn't involved, although maybe not a huge
0: surprise, was, was sort of Luke Molyneux. And, and I thought Dave Chandler was really interesting on that um, midweek when he was reflecting on uh, on why Molyneux wasn't involved. He started just 15 out of a possible 43 League One playoff games for Pools this season. The former Sunland midfielder. And um, Dave Chandler obviously confirmed that you know that he was fully fit and stuff. But um, talking about his, his sort of team shape and Molyneux's um, preference where he wants to play and just quoting Chandler now he said you need to be adaptable around what we do and I have no doubt that he can play in positions in the system we play where he can be effective but we've just got to work with him a little bit more mentally more than anything else to allow him to do that and believe in in what he has and he also said that he's pretty adamant in the position he wants to play and he needs to be more flexible because he shoeboxes himself a little bit and that Molyneux is better than that. Um, Interesting comments I thought from from Chandler there on Molyneux perhaps what comes as a surprise to Pools fans but where where do you see Molyneux's best position and I guess it's do you think he'll feature it all on Sunday or, or do you think that's probably his season done
1: as well um I, th- I can see him getting on the bench on Sunday potentially um Dave Chalna hinted that that could be the case he, he's the type of player who who can create something out of nothing so for me if you have that type of player on your bench it's it's an asset really it's better than potentially having two strikers or two defenders if you've got a winger who Okay, he doesn't necessarily fit into the system brilliantly, but can cut inside, can find the target and change, change the game, turn it on its head, potentially. And that's that's an important player to have. And unfortunately for for Luke Molnir this season, it's just not really worked out. And the same could be said for last season, albeit he was injured pretty much the first half of last season. And then just as he was getting a decent run in the team, the season shut down. This season it's been stop-start, obviously had coronavirus right at the start. That pretty much stalls his start of the season, prevents him gaining any real momentum. Comes back into the side, has a decent run out again with a, with a minor injury then comes back and gets sent off so it's just been so disjointed for Luke Monier which is a young player you just need that consistency you need to be playing regularly in order to sort of find your rhythm and Luke Monier has just never really found that this season and he's played out the position a few times in Pools's 3-5-2 formation played up front with Luke Armstrong or Biso and it it ha- it works for the Torquay game that one game where Luke Molnir scored the winner, but other than that hasn't really worked, and his best position, I think, fair to say the position Chana was inferring to is, he likes to be on the right wing, cutting side onto his left foot, and then hit the top well, get shots away so that's the type of player he is um, I heard him described as a, as a one-trick pony, I think that's a bit harsh, but he, he is that type of player where he does, like to beat a man get a shot away, or maybe pull the ball back, so um, for me, it's, it's been a frustrating one for, for Luke Monye. He is one of Pools' technically um, more talented players, technically gifted, but just doesn't fit into that system. He's not a central player. He's not a, not a defensive player. So he, David Ferguson and Jamie Stevey have just been brilliant and consistent in the, the wing back positions. And Luke Monye, he's been tried there in friendlies. He played there um, to, against Sunderland back in January. But it's just he's never going to displace either of them in the team, and unless pools change system, which is unlikely given the form they've had playing a three-five-two, then Luke Monu's best-case scenario for him this season, the final two games will be on the bench. I think one one player that Dave
0: Chalna has <clears throat> excuse me put his faith in in recent weeks is goalkeeper Brad James. Um, obviously Ben Killip's injury ruling him out for the season, so Brad James has been uh, battling it out for the uh, for the goalkeepers. Um. Jersey with Rabass. Um Question marks, I suppose, over James in, in recent weeks. Um, Chandler was fairly positive about him at the weekend and the suggestion seemed to be that he would retain his place. Did you expect that to be the case for for the Stockport game at the weekend? It would be a big call if um, if he was to change his goalkeeper, Henrik Rabas, wouldn't it, after the win over Bromley?
1: Yeah, I think Brad James probably keep his place in the side for the Stockport game, like you say. I think... Channel sort of put his faith in in Brad James, the final few games of the season and the Bromley game, which I think speaks volumes. If after the Aldershot game where he threw James in for for his debut, if he put Ravas then in uh, for the following game, then I would have expected Ravas to continue. But the fact that he's persisted and stuck with Brad James pretty much suggests he's sort of got the shirt at the moment and you expect that to remain the case. And... It's an interesting one because both keepers ha- have the strengths, and for me, I prefer Ravis, but I can see why they go with James because the way pools play, where they like to get it from front to back quickly, they like to the play out from the back. Brad James's distribution is far stronger than Ravis. That's a weak part of Ravis's game, whereas Derby County Loney, he sort of commands the box a lot better than Brad James and has that sort of air of confidence about him when coming for crosses and stuff like that, that James and even Ben Killip don't really have so much, so I do quite like Ravas in that regard, but I think if you look back to the Bromley defeat, that sort of exposed Ravas in terms of his his distribution, and then the next game where, or two games time where he concedes the four goals against Maidenhead, wouldn't say any of them were glaring errors on his part, but Possibly knocked his confidence in the. There was a couple where it was like oh, he could have saved that. So for me, it's it's a, it's a toss of the coin. Both players have have the strengths, and but in an ideal world, you'd have Ben Killip starting. But unfortunately, that's that's not going to be the case. And I fully expect Brad James to just keep his place for for Sunday's game and, and potentially beyond that as well, should Pools win.
0: Yeah, just speaking after the three-two win over Bromley, Chandler said that and these are experiences that will stand the players in good stead especially for a defender or a goalkeeper brad wouldn't have played in an atmosphere like that before he's now done it in two weeks on the spin he had no real chance with the two goals two poor goals from our perspective with set pieces which we need to do better in so um take from that what you will but yeah suggestion was that james will probably start again on sunday we think um so yeah, all eyes on the team selection here the weekend and haven't played each other twice now this there won't be too much whether there won't be too many surprises, you wouldn't have, wouldn't have thought, from either side, you know, the are well versed in terms of how they both play who the key players are going to be. So how, uh, how do you see Sunday going? What's your,
1: what's your feeling in terms of the team news and, and how, how Pools will get on? I expect Pools to remain fairly consistent. I'd, I'd be very surprised if they make any real changes to the team, maybe one or two, but if, for me, I'd keep the consistent team, the team that started against Bromley is probably Pool's strongest 11 of the available players, with Lewis cast being out injured. So keep that team and hope for the best, really. I think Pool's at this stage of the season, the 43 league games into the season, if you include the playoff game, they know what they're about. They know the system, like the back of their hands. So it's just about going to Stockport and saying, Can you beat us? What have you got? type thing. And Stockport themselves, very strong team, goes without saying they finished third, but the squad, they've got so many good players. Paddy Madden up front, they've got Callie Southern Hills, which pools, play, uh, pools fans, pools players know really well. Liam Hogan, which for me, probably one of the best defenders in the National League over the past few years. And uh, good, good goalkeeper as well, Ryan Hinchliffe. And so, going to be a tough game for me. I'd say whoever wins on Sunday will probably go on to win the playoffs. I think these are the two strongest teams in the National League in in 2021, at least, barring Sutton. So I think you look at North County, they've had the lull. Torquay certainly did, because at one stage, it looked like they were completely going to win the league. And I guess form goes out the window to some degree um, for the playoffs. But Stockport, 18 unbeaten. Looking really strong, scoring a lot of goals. Um we're gonna take some beating, but I think if Pools were to beat them, then I'd fancy the chances in the final. But like I say, that's a big if and should stop Port win. I'd I'd back them to go all the way as well.
0: And there's there's one player obviously that Pools fans will be well well aware of from recent months, Bennett as well. Um I think he's been on the bench, hasn't he, for them having been, been coming off in recent weeks. Um yeah, unlikely that he'll start on Sunday, but um Dave Channel have one wow. eye on their bench throughout the game, waiting for Bennett to come on. And you know, so it's a lot of these things always happen. So, um, feels to be very wary of um, of Bennett. But equally, they've worked with him closely for months, so they'll Gary Little will know his his strengths and his weaknesses, and we'll hope to get the better of him as well. But that's just another little interesting one to watch, isn't it? These little
1: storylines within the game itself. Yeah, that's an interesting one because Richie Bennett was. I mean, you just look at his record: five, uh, five goals in three games two starts so it's a ridiculous record he had and then obviously helped pools but hasn't really featured an awful lot for for stockport since returning but his brief loan spell could i don't know he'll know stuff about hartley pool but the stockport manager the stockport players simply won't so that could prove useful to stockport but at, at the same time like you say Pools players know Richie Bennett well. It's just a case of potentially stopping him should he come on. Don't expect him to start the game, but it would be Sod's Law, like you say, Richie Bennett, help Pools to a degree. Only played a few games, help Pools get to this position and continue the good runner form that they were on when, while he was at the club. If he were to, I mean, you wouldn't bet against him getting a goal if he if he were to come on. But um, hopefully, Pools can nullify the threat of not only Bennett, but should he get on, but the likes of, likes of Madden and Reid and the plethora of um, talented forward players that the stuff would have.
0: Yeah, I wasn't feeling worried until you start rattling off all, all their players, but I'm I'm sure they'll be uh, fearful of the likes of Rhys Oaks and they'll want to close Nicky uh, Featherston down at all costs to swim, dictate and play from that deep line position. So uh, an intriguing weekend ahead. Um, just obviously been a lot of talk around Dave Channel and his, his future as well in recent weeks. Obviously, a few jobs elsewhere have been filled recently. The uh Tramie one, um who's kind of loosely in the odds for that, wasn't he? Um, where else there's another job as well? A couple of jobs that you know. Wrexham as well as one. Wrexham, yeah. Um he's obviously still got another year in his contract, done a I think excellent job. Most most fans, I'm sure, would agree this season. Um if the worst happening pools were knocked out on Sunday, it's going to
1: be a big battle to keep hold of him, I think, isn't it, this summer? Yeah, definitely. I think it goes without saying, when you're used to success over such a sustained period, I think I said previously, every full season he's had at a club as a manager, he's either got promoted or made the playoffs, which is a remarkable record for someone who's never managed in, in the football league. And for me, if I was a football league, Club looking for a manager, fairly young manager as well. He's only in his mid forties. I think David Chandler would be one of the first, first people on on my list if I was a League Two club and particularly a National League club like Wrexham, will have a big budget. Um, obviously looking to to get back to the Football League for the first time in I don't know fifteen years. It's been a long time for Wrexham. So, um, and it's close to his home as well. So. Not linking him to that job, but for me, if Dave Charnas, the interest is is always going to be there as long as he's having success at pools, and the best pools can hope for it, time down, get a bit of security, a bit of stability, because one thing pools haven't had over the past however many years is is that consistency in managers. Dave Charnas pools longest-serving manager since the drop to the National League, which probably says everything you need to know. They've never had that consistency where they've had a manager for a full season uninterrupted and um, being able to sort of stamp their sort of ideologies and authority on on the squad. And Dave Chandler has certainly done that. And regardless of what happens on Sunday or the week after that, potentially, if Dave Chandler stays at the club, you'd always fancy Pools' chances of being competitive whatever level that really. So tying him down, getting a bit of security, not only for next season, but potentially beyond that, would be would be invaluable to Pools really. And one
0: another kind of factor this weekend, obviously Pools have benefited from having fans in the ground the last couple of games at the Vic, 1700 or so. Um, Obviously, you know, really good atmosphere um, for the Bromley game. Pools fans desperately get back in after a long 15 months. Obviously, away at Stockport, it'll be reversed, so there won't be any Heart United fans there. Stockport fans, you know, as we know, are a passionate bunch, and at the Pools, they'll be there in decent numbers. Um, do we know how many Stockport fans are going to be
1: there? Actually, I'm not there. It's, it's about two and a half thousand. It's yeah, just, it's, it's more than high. more than Pools because Edgeley Park's quite Pretty a big right. ground, and it's um, yeah. yeah. And that that two and a half
0: thousand will probably sound like ten, I would imagine, after um, being, being away for a year or so. And that that's another thing, isn't it, for. Um, as much as Dave Chandler speaks about Brad James and that playing in front of a home crowd, playing in front of a, uh, an away crowd will be a very different test.
1: Yeah, it's, it, I can't imagine it'll be as positive or lifting lift for the Pools players as, as the last two weeks have been. And you've seen over the course of the season, you don't want to jinx it, but Sutton away, Brad James played in front of a crowd where Sutton were going to win the league, made a mistake. Pools lost 3-0. And the only other time they played in front of a crowd in the league this season was that working game, which also lost 3-0. So you just hope that's not a not an omen. And Pools can use the Stockport crowd to their advantage, if you like, by starting the game well. You saw on Sunday early on, you Gav Holland, Nicky Featherson going in for tackles, instantly getting the crowd up and um on on side and and the momentum sort of gathered from that. If they can do that sort of thing at Stockport on Sunday potentially get an early goal, it can have the sort of opposite effect if you like, where the stockport fans nerves start to kick in, they get frustrated, and, and that can sort of snowball and, and pools can use that to their advantage. So all ifs and buts, but that potentially be a way of spinning what isn't an ideal situation in, into a positive for pools. Good stuff. Um fingers
0: crossed for um Sunday afternoon we'll be right across it Uh, Dom's going to be there inside the ground for the Hartpool Mail bringing you full coverage post-match reaction analysis ratings all the usual um, coverage and content that we produce here at the Mail and if you like what we do then please do consider taking out a subscription to our sport content all the details for that for a 12-month pass uh, can be found on the Hartpool Mail website and uh, over the next few days or so we're recording this on Thursday lunchtime we'll have all the um, all the build-up of the game over the next two or three days or so and Dave Chalnor is due to give his press conference in the morning at the training ground ahead of Sunday's game Um so that's the plug out of the way Um just just finally then Dom just looking a little obviously full focus on the game at the minute but just looking a little further ahead to sort of the summer and pre-season plans and things any indication yet of Sort of if when, pool, how long Pools to be off?
1: Any kind of, you know, sort of friendlies, plans for next season,
0: those kind of things? Because it's going to be a very, very tight turnaround, isn't it? Whichever, whichever way, Sunday or the next week or so it goes.
1: Yeah, it's going to be manic. I mean, it's been, as Nicky Featherston mentioned, Pools' first day of pre-season was on the 20th of June, which is the same day, a year on, as the playoff final. So you're potentially looking at an entire year of, um, of a football season for a player, which, I mean... If anyone deserves a, a bit of a break, it, it's probably these pools players. But unfortunately, if they were to get promoted, then it's little over a month turnaround before the start of the AFL season, early August. So it's going to be quick. You'd expect a couple couple of weeks break um, but then sort of straight back at it for early pre-season. It's going to be relentless and and pools obviously will have to sort out the retained list in that time as well. And um, we've got Five players signed up for next season, I think it is uh, a few options on on players as well. So that's something that will quickly um, sort of develop once the once the uh, 2021 season ends. And in terms of friendlies, there's a couple that that I've heard that would, I'm sure will be announced once the season comes to an end, all local, um, away from home as well. Uh, one particularly close to me, which um, I'm looking forward to, but um, we'll obviously find out more about that in, uh, next week and, or potentially the week beyond that. So it'll be a typical pre-season for Pool, similar to last season where they played the likes of Blythe Gateshead, um, hosted a couple of games, Middlesbrough at, at Victoria, Victoria Park. So similar sort of pre-season I'd expect, Not, no huge travelling distances and hopefully we'll see fans back for a few of those games as well. Good stuff. We might like have a day or two off in between
0: seasons, well. <laughs> You might be able to squeeze them in. Um, excellent. Thank you for your time. Um, as I say, please head to the Hartlepool Mail website and obviously pick up a copy of the paper as well for all the latest pools news ahead of the National League playoff semi-final away at Stockport County this Sunday at 12 and then obviously you've got the England game afterwards at uh, two o'clock. So I'm sure all the pubs and clubs around Hartlepool will be doing a role run trade as well. But, um, but yeah, if you keep Keep an eye on our coverage as well. That would be much appreciated. And Dom will be reporting live from the ground. And uh, that's just about it for this week's Pooley podcast view from the Vic. Um, We will be back next week, regardless of what happens on Sunday. But we hope we'll be looking forward to the final at uh, Bristol City. But until then, we'll see you next week.